Good morning, Mr. Shakeman. Oh, good morning, Mr. Boer. How are things going today? Oh, very good, and you? Uh, what made you splurge on a new drone? Uh, well, that's news to me. Why are you saying it's a new drone? Actually, actually, let me just think about this. Now that I look at it a little bit closer, I can see that it has been painted in German racing silver, and actually it's not new motors on it. There are masks hanging underneath the the little little propellers to obviously you know capture the air and, and uh, filter as it goes in. So um, it's actually not a new drone. Um, I did love the toast. It was it was awesome. I had no idea that there were that many different kind of, of sausages that were actually available. Um, the drone, I must say, it struggled, which is why I thought it was a new one. It didn't behave like 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 it used to. Um, all of these sausages were hermetically sealed absolute mission to get them out of their you know covid proof packaging here's my question though i I got, mm. I got one piece of toast and nine sausages what's going on um okay so he's on his you know do your bit for humanity drive and you know obviously that's a, a big thing in society we, we have to do those sort of things um when I last saw him, he, he was watching the Hindenburg explosion on repeat. You know, just, you know, what you do while you're working, why not? Um, so is is this the Hindenburg special? Hold on, hold on. He's bloody throwing sausage at me again. Uh, all right. Oh, this one's got writing on it. Why did you do that? Uh-huh. Okay, well, anyway. Um, oh, well, this one doesn't even have propellers on it. So well, that's a bit disappointing. Why does he get the drone one? And I don't know. Never mind. I'm not even asking um right oh this is the worst case scenario special <laughs> i throw the bloody sausage back at him toasting design shaka shake from makabura let's start off with the in our standard thing we're now looking at what we learn because we're always learning we never stop learning and for me it's the obviously there's that website reddit um, and the, the subreddit specialized tools which I've recently got into and it's like small in some cases it's like big tools and things that are specially made for certain situations uh, there was one of a, a way of writing a truck that has rolled over and anyone that's driven down to Durban from Johannesburg yeah. or pretty much being on the highways has seen one of those trucks turned over and sort of give an idea as to how do you turn them over and you, you've seen some where they've got a crane that pulls it and this what they used was airbags so you deploy an airbag on the underside it lifts it but then you also have an airbag on the uh, other side which basically catches it and then allows it to slowly lower back down um and so it, if anything it's this particular subreddit is, it's worth a good look um it just gives alternate looks at you know whether it's other options or other ways of doing things but unique ways of using mechanisms and stuff which i'm always interested in um and yeah so i, I do spend about a couple of minutes every day just having a, a quick splurge through there it's that's, worth a good look. that's pretty good i mean the interesting thing there is you know if if students were having a group discussion and there's a case of uh you know uh an aircraft's fallen on its nose and the nose gear collapsed or this mm. machine fell over and the one the one the one group member pipes up with yeah why don't we use an airbag the funny thing is instantly everyone's immediate response is there's not enough force with air you know you know and you, you're imagining a truck you're going to need these nice big hydraulic cylinders you're going to have to bury in the ground to do it and yeah. the thing is ah yes but 
you've got pressure and then you've got area mm. and that's what gives you as much force as you need um you know and yeah. the cool thing about a truck is you do have flat sides and and things like that but yeah mm. i mean everyone has seen you know college kids throw cars on their sides and then when you throw them back on what they never show you is that all the tires blow out when it bounces back down they never put that in the movies having done it in no. real life not not throwing a car over but had to get it back up again both tires yeah. just bet that's it bang off off the rims the works um mm. yeah so that's interesting nice okay yeah so today's episode in what we normally tend to do is we always you know we always bring up the the, the p word the problem we always go into the problem and then we, we delve a bit into uh preliminary design we look at concepts we, we take the design to a certain degree what we don't tend to go into is detailed design to a degree we don't go into detailed design because typically it involves an analysis to a point that is difficult to discuss on a podcast or so requires us to have a couple of pauses every now and then while we check some calculations but the one thing that we should actually get into it what we're going to get into today is the look at how do you get into it or how do you approach it and what should you be looking at because it can be a daunting thing so we're going to start a bit simple with a simple example and we're going to get into maybe a bit more of a complex one that's right now the what first is, thing the first yeah. thing that everyone needs to do is they need to they need to hold their hand out in front of their face they need to look at how many fingers they have and that is the 2021 number of concepts that you need everyone remembers <laughs> And we will be counting in your fourth year project, your third, and your second year project. Special scrutiny on on space time continuum being used for concept four, and then you know there's always the. the but I'm I'm not wondering with the matrix of five is concept two going to be the new concept three? Oh, anyway, yeah, well, we'll talk mean, about that in yeah, in, in yeah. another one. If we dive into and, this, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with with detailed design, what what often happens is it's crunch time because students tend mm. to get you know save the work up they get to the detail yeah. when it's sort of about you and uh, we we both call it the kitchen sink analysis where it's a case of mm. i'm just going to do this calculation and yeah i think it's under this and i'll just keep going mm. until there's enough stuff um yeah and wh what we're going to try and, and do today is show that when it comes to the detailed design stuff there's nothing to be afraid of but when mm. it comes to planning you're not going to open up a textbook and find what you need to think about. You're going to have to sit and you're going to have to imagine this design, not on a piece of paper, not within the CAD environment. You're going to have to imagine this thing in the middle of a desert or on top of a building or mounted to the blade tip of a wind turbine or whatever it is. And you're going to have to start thinking of the environmental factors which is where fluids and thermo comes in because that's the environment that it's in. You're then going to have to think about the statics, static loads and dynamic loads and vibration loads and we can just keep going on. But those are the basics. Mm. And the example that we thought of is something which is, uh, well, all the errors flew over the problem last year. Um, hmm. Quite a lot of the mechs stayed on the ground and, and tried to fight it with uh, golf carts with chainsaws on poles and all manner of things. But it is the firefighting fence. Yeah, it's, I think we even discussed it on a podcast. Yeah, we, we, we did. And number, yeah, yeah, certainly usable, useful. It does solve a problem hmm. that, that does really exist. Um, but let's be honest. We've looked at a couple of fourth-year reports, maybe some third-years did it. There's a lot of concept stuff and it generally tends to go as far as being focused on the retardant as opposed to any supporting structure for the retardant. Mm -hmm. 
And what, well, we, what we're going to do today is basically talk about, well, if the structure that needs to support the retardant doesn't do its job, the whole design fails. So let's try and work yeah. out the detailed design process for the support structure for a firefighting fence. And in this case, what we're assuming is the preliminary design is done. So we know how big our fence is. We have done preliminary analysis on what the retardant, uh, retardant is, um, how much we have. We, we've got a basic idea that we could show it off, say we had investors or we had a supervisor. We could show this is what the design currently is. And now it's a case of taking it from effectively almost a proposal in a way as this is what the design will be to now take it into the real world and, and start saying how it will, or showing if it will work or testing whether the idea actually works um, as part of detailed and that's effectively what detailed design starts absolutely to absolutely correct we've got the glossy the, the the glossy brochure which has got the retardant the spacing the height above the ground the working pressures the cost of the retardant etc mm. but we've got no way of currently holding it there mm. okay so I mean, in, in, in CAD so, yeah. we engineered some poles Mm -hmm. You need poles in your glossy brochure. Now we need to, sure. uh, if, if poles were, uh, well, let's come up with a few concepts. So we just got poles at each retardant thing. What else could we use? Well, um, I'm not entirely sure. I mean, what we're talking about here is the structure for holding up. We could have basically a, I'm thinking some kind of overhanging thing, but I can't think what it's overhanging against. You could maybe use the natural environment. You're hanging against trees and things yeah, like that. Yeah, that's right. Guess. Yeah, and then there's obviously um, the suspension type stuff where you could have you know pretty substantial poles quite far apart, and then you could have you know sort of cables with retardant stuff in between. Those would be let's call it two uber poles. Um, you could use uh, lightweight truss structures. Let's assume the stuff had to be mm -hmm. fairly high and 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 whatever. Um, but there's some form of vertical mechanical structure. Yeah, and obviously those selections, that's part of preliminary design. Yes. By the point we're at here, we've really chosen it. Uh, we're just having a look at, at you know, if you're thinking of a firefighting fence and all you're seeing is poles, we're saying you know that there's not just poles, there are more uh, options that you might have come across. And that's maybe it's a thing to be careful with is that you want to jump immediately into detailed design because that's where you think all the marks are. So, right, I'm just going to choose, right, I'm just going to go poles and I'm going to do detailed analysis. We're looking at buckling, we're looking at axial loads, we're looking at uh, fatigue or something like that um, on the poles. Let's do that analysis. And detailed analysis on uh, a random selected item or system does not make your design work. So, you know, be careful with that. We have a system as part of preliminary design that now works. So say for example, we've set up a truss type structure that goes around our boundary. Um, we've got pumps at certain areas that can pump retardant to uh, set locations. There's retardant storages and stuff. We've, we've got all that set. We now got to start imagining all right, what sort of loads are we going to experience? We're going to start putting more detail into each one of those aspects. What, what is what sort of factors should we or functions are we going to start imagining our, our fence is being exposed to okay so let's do ourselves the favor of just imagining what we've got now as it happens okay. where I sit today I'm upstairs looking out and I've got my little pole with my rain gauge mounted on the side of it mm -hmm. out in the grass okay cool so now I'm imagining okay so the Let's assume that's the the idea. There's a a, a mm. pole and there's the retardant up on the top, but the retardant's not in line with the pole. 
because the the, mm. the the retardant, whatever the hell that thing is, is off offset from the pole. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now obviously step one would be that every student in the world would do static analysis of that, and there <laughs> yeah. would be well we would hope so. So if I look at it <laughs> up at the top, I've got this offset load. There's obviously some form of bracket or two bra- two brackets would be better than one because then we're mm-hmm. reducing moments, etc. We're introducing um, relatively high stress loads at the attachment point of that. We've got this offset load, and then we've got this this pole. So we would need to make sure that we analyze, uh, you know, the bolts, welds, whatever we've got at the top, um, mm. the, the, the bracket itself, um, and we, we're then going to have a, you know, a, a sideways shear, shear force bending moment diagram of that particular pole. Um, mm. And we would then, because it's been loaded actually, but offset, um, we'd, there'd be some form of buckling analysis. Mm-hmm. At minimum, those would be the static loads. Yeah. Okay. Um, what often happens? H- how are fires spread, Mister Sheckman? Wind. Mr. Wind. Boyer. Ah, right. So now we've got this clumpy-looking thing with a pretty high CD and a pretty high uh-huh. frontal area up on top of a pole. Uh, are poles mm-hmm. known for their round poles known for their low drag coefficient? Not really. I no, don't not think famous so, so for it. I, no, okay. no. I mean, no, whoever no. saw a, a, a fish, a round fish from sideways, right? So <laughs> that's a problem as well. And the wind speeds around fires, um, small, medium, high. Well, high. High. But okay. also not constant. There we go. And that's something else to bear in mind. Um, you've got a, a very strong variable sort of load that is now interfering with your design. So and we see it very often where it's, okay, cool, we're going to assume the the system is now at top speed. We, we've suddenly got a hurricane that's hit us in the middle of Zimbabwe um, somehow. And this thing is now hitting our fence. Therefore, okay, max speed, let's apply that load as a static constant load on our system. And unfortunately, that's, that's maybe acceptable in a second year uh, type design. It's frowned upon in third year and it's not acceptable in fourth year correct okay so if 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 we get get back to it mm-hmm. we would have the let's call it the maximum wind load that the thing would need to be designed for and we could say for one analysis let's apply that as a static load in the worst direction because if you think yes. about it the retardant is offset from the pole so if the wind blows mm-hmm. from the back the front the left left and right will be the same but front and back mm. will be slightly different because the center of gravity of the whole thing is going to be in a different position. That's step one. Mm-hmm. We've then got yep. exactly what you said, which is the 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 gust intensity. Mm-hmm. And there, what what will happen is the pole will basically move, and it it let's not use the word resonate, but it would oscillate at a fairly low frequency. But the stress levels will be quite high, and we'd need to know what those are. We'd also need to check we're not at some kind of natural frequency. You might have, especially when you start off with a static design, you're looking at a very particular state. You've got the design, right, it works here. And you might have tried to optimize it to such a degree that we can get this pole really nice and narrow. And what ends up happening potentially is that you have inadvertently set it up at this perfect state where it will have the natural frequency that if you have a fire type wind blowing through the area that it can actually cause a thing with one gust moves it as it comes back then with each gust it's just sufficient um a a difficult thing to analyze nevertheless but 
it will cause your design to fail. Okay, if so hold, hold the yeah. thought of, of, of the frequency there because we'll get to the next yeah. point. Right, now let's okay. assume that this retardant system sits for most of its life empty. Yeah. And okay. as a fire is detected, this thing now gets charged up. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now because it sits for 20 years in the middle of nowhere, um, the, the, you, you'd obviously need to analyze it and let's assume that the the water tank on top of it is I don't know 150 kilos or whatever liters worth of stuff that it gets charged with. You'd obviously have to analyze it with that because that is the worst case. But the mm. the the sort of your fatigue loads and things like that, you'd need to run it on 20 years worth of no retardant in it versus how it behaves with the retardant in it. That's the first thing. Um, mm -hmm. The second thing is, if you just have a steel pole that sticks out of the ground with a, a retardant on it, the natural frequency will be different if there is retardant flowing through the system versus not, and also if there is no retardant in the system. Or if it's reusable. There if you suddenly now expended retardant, your fence is uh, protected in the area around it, so you've created a mini fire break. Uh, do you now have to replace the entire system? Is your design, you know, what happens to, do you have to flush it out? Um, that's a design of it. That, that's analysis there, they're in there um, in order to then have it work. 100% correct, I, yeah. The one thing I'd say to be very careful with here, detailed design isn't just analysis. It's still involving design. So you're doing all your analysis, you're working out, hell, this thing needs to have this obtuse structure to stop it resonating because you've got off this offset load. Okay, well, make some you know, look back into it and start going back to your preliminary design and start saying okay why was this decision made to make it offset what happens if we actually instead of having the pole go straight up the pole goes up bifurcates outwards and we have the retardant canister system dispersal device centered and then you have basically like a fork or um, pitchfork style trident that grips it on either side then it goes up now we've got a more axial loading system we've not got offset loads why was that not done initially? Was it not considered or whatever the case is? Go back, iterate your design back through if that is a better choice and see if that then affects your design analysis. But that is still part of detailed design because the only way you could have made that decision is having looked at detailed and design type analysis. Yeah, and uh, if, if I can get back to the list of where I was because I'm still far from <laughs> done Mr. Shane I'm just thinking about my dear old rain gauge as I look there um, yeah, sorry, sorry. okay in terms of detailed design here's a here's a, a thing that you would you would not go down but it certainly mm. makes you think lightning mm. now yeah. you, know, you then think oh actually now I have to move the, I move the retardant onto the center of the pole to to make the fatigue life better Oh, but mm. lightning, holy cow. No, no, I'm going to move it off again and then extend the pole above so the lightning goes down the pole and not the retardant. Okay, fine, you do that. Here's another thing. Mm. We are assuming that this pole is perfect. It was installed perfectly upright by the contractors. Um, mm -hmm. We're assuming they didn't scratch the anti-corrosion um, coating on, on the bottom when they installed it. We assume that they installed mm -hmm. the bottom as deep as it needed to go. And here's the other thing. These poles generally live in the middle of nowhere where there are things mm. like animals and if you're in a in in, in countries there are there are hunters and people that go and ride quad bikes like hooligans and stuff like that. Mm. We would need to work on a damage factor. You know, the fact that the pole yeah. gets you know, a buffalo uses it to scratch a, an itch, 
bends the pole. Mm. Farmer comes and uses the front of a Hilux to push the pole back up again. All of a sudden, the pole's now buckled and it's oval at the bottom. And we mm. only designed it for a safety factor of 1.8 to save money type thing. Um, those are the sorts of things that in detail design, they make you think. Yeah. You know, and you don't have to make this ex- the, this massive list, you know, the the, the the lightning conduction story. You don't have to go and work out what temperature the pole's going to get if it takes a, however lightning is quantified in terms of effing scary, mm. extra effing scary, or <laughs> mega, mega effing scary. Um, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to work on that. At least you don't have to beep that out. Um you know, you, you 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 need to think about it. It should be in your report that this, now that I've thought about it in the details, because, I mean, in concepts, you're not going to think of lightning strikes. You'll think about them no. in terms of starting fires, but you won't think about them in terms of stuffing up your firefighting system. I, I would say the only time I would consider is if I'm in a, if my problem is set up in such a way that my design is being... Uh, in an environment and the fire is largely contributed to lightning strikes causing fires in a very dry location okay somewhat counterintuitive if you've got lightning invariably not in a dry environment but if, if it's in such a situation that lightning is causing an issue in, relative in the area then that's maybe something i'd start to consider but as part of a worst case scenario type design have the design work the majority of cases if there's not really lightning going on, no, having a set of analysis now going off on a whole separate tangent now and looking at lightning, no. You're now distracting from the main design, which is it's encountering a lot of rain. It's maybe maybe it's in a floodplain area to look at, or it's got hail. Yeah. Or it's being pushed and manipulated and repaired very haphazardly and quickly because there are thirty thousand poles, as your preliminary design has told you, and it takes three hours to do an inspection or six hours or whatever, six hours to do an inspection, and you have to do that once a month. Now, you're not then, if each pole takes to do it nice and carefully, takes 12 hours to do a nice repair and reinstall a new pole, no, you're not doing that. Be realistic yeah. about it. Uh, something else that our students go to town on, and we have you know, discussed this before, is the you know, go for the most advanced material known to man. Here's my argument for this pole. This pole probably needs to be out of the most basic mild steel known to man for the simple fact that when the fire does move through, and the fire will move through, um, mm. no, no retardant fence is going to never be exposed to to pretty bad heat. And obviously there are, mm. there are scales of fire where you can try, but the fire is going to come and, and come and go. Um, mm. If that pole is exposed to, and let's be honest, some fires... You know that they burn at at six seven up to over a thousand degrees Celsius. That pole yeah. is going to glow red hot at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Now, if you use any form of you know high tensile steel pole, a good grade steel, all you're going to do is you're going to basically anneal the damn thing back to mild steel. <laughs> Simple lesson yeah. in materials, kids. Yeah. Um, so yeah. what you would do is you would start out with the lowest grade thing possible, which is not affected by heat cycles mm. or p- potentially you know you know whenever when you're doing detailed design whenever you look at just one factor it's one criteria yeah. heat cycling is one and there, there will be a number of other factors we need to look at what what the costs and stuff are and it might be that after three fires you have to replace the entire fence yes. uh, or that that location of the fence so it's not a case of 
designing it for once-off use, and it's almost never a case of designing for infinite life. Yes. Um, there are very few situations where you need, that you can easily warrant infinite life on an item, and there are very few situations where you can warrant single-use, once-off life for something like this, certainly. Yeah. So, so, so maybe maybe in yeah. summary, what we should do is, we, we sometimes talk about detailed design as it being a freestanding section that students do. You know, it's, a, it's, it's completely separate. However, what we've basically shown is that if you think about what you would need to do for the detailed design, the detailed analysis part of it, that actually helps you iterate, manipulate, optimize your design while you are still coming up with it and you're making the list of the analysis that you would need to do. And the other thing is you're using some of the basic understanding factors for buckling, torsion, bending, fatigue, um, mm. damage, all the, uh, material properties. You're thinking about them at the stage of design where you wouldn't normally be focused on them because you are so fixated on solving the problem. Keep the mm. retardant X high off the ground. Oh, we need to do wind. Okay, well, it can keep it that mm -hmm. high and it can resist the wind. Okay, but wind gusts. Okay, yeah, that's fine. Now we need the fatigue life. Oh, and they're cows or giraffe or elephants or something. We need to count count for that. Um, and your design load case might literally be that the retarder needs to be higher than an elephant can reach because elephants are curious. If there's a cute thing on top of mm -hmm. a pole, they will twist it upside down for fun. <laughs> um, if you're... If you're uh, thing needs to be that that elephants can rub against it, or else that you make it that elephants can't rub up against it. It's not a comfortable thing for them. Therefore, mm. they're not going to mm. try and 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 use your pole as as a rubbing post. All of those things you're thinking about at the detail design phase for the analysis. But what's important is that you're planning it, and you're planning it mm. in exactly the same way you do your courses. You know, first your physics, mechanics, then statics, dynamics, fluids, mm. thermo materials, solids, etc. It's progressive. Exactly. And you're going from the the big to the small. The preliminary the detailed design is not always small stuff. It's not just weld analysis on the bracket that holds your retardant out off center. It's not just that bolt analysis that holds the thing to your mounting plate on the ground. It's some big stuff too. It is that wind load on the overall crater structure. Uh, that's not something to suddenly neglect or suddenly forget about. And and students are perfectly at liberty to say, you know, the the wind load gusting that would be a major consideration. But um, you know, I'm I'm a second year. I don't know how to do any of that stuff, but I reckon, uh, you know, build a full-scale model and wind tunnel test it or whatever would be the right thing to do. That's exactly what you put in your report. Hmm. I've thought about it. I've thought about how to get the answers. I don't know how to do the answers yet, um, and I don't know if they can be gotten, but, you know, here we go. So what you're showing is that you can consider the design. You can consider the fact that you're aware that it is an um, a factor that will play a role in your design. You know it should be done and you can surmise it how it could be done. So you're showing some insight and some thought into how you could do it. it this is not a complete get out of jail free card. Um, and it's you get more of those in second year, you get a ton of them in first year, you get less in third year, and you get almost none of them in fourth year. So as a fourth year student, don't suddenly think so, oh cool, I was gonna tell you I'm just gonna do wind tunnel testing or once the entire test the fence is built, we're just going to pull wind tunnels and put them out in the fields and we're just going to blast them until they break and then just keep rebuilding the fence until it works. 
there is a large level impracticality to that. Um, and we expect more practicality as you go through the years and we expect more understanding and more incorporation of your other skills and your other understanding in other fields. And it's the inclusion of your fluid dynamics. It's the inclusion of your thermodynamics. Thermodynamics, certainly for mechs and areas, is one we like to avoid um, yeah. unless we're doing something, you know, like we're designing a radiator. Of course, we're going into thermal design. But you're designing a car. I don't want to touch thermo. I just want to do some nice static load analysis on my suspension system. Okay, but you know, you happen to be driving through Iceland over volcano, you know, in yeah. volcanic regions. Well, no, you really need to start considering thermodynamic analysis now and what effect that's going to start having on your suspension system. Um, so it, it, there's no definitive do this, do this, do that. It's a case of look at what your design is and, and where it's sitting. Look, as you said right from the beginning, what the environment is. If you need inspiration, start imagining it in this world. Imagine what what's going to happen to it now. Right, there's no fire. Okay, what happens while there's not a fire? Okay, now there is a fire. What's happening? How fast is this fire going to be moving? Is it, you know, we're looking at the high heat wind loads and things like that. What is the pressure that starts to build up in our uh, containment device? How long can we keep it pressurized to disperse a retardant before it the heat would actually cause it to explode? Yeah, um, it, it's all application. But that that then finishes off, I think, for this episode. Next episode, we're going to look at a little more of a, uh, I would say, a more complex example with more subsystems and things and how you maybe look at tackling one of those. If you've got any queries, any suggestions, anything else, maybe want us to go back into this topic or a previous topic, uh, email us at toastingdesign at gmail.com. We're happy to get all those and we're going to get hopefully use those as some more topics for the rest of this year. Otherwise, thanks very much for listening and we'll catch you guys in the next one. Cheers. So much for a five-minute uh, quickie. <laughs> <laughs> when, I, when I look at the time, it's like, right, we're 15 minutes in and we've barely touched on it yet. No, we're definitely doing one episode each <laughs> for details. <or> simple. <laughs> but actually, it's, it's amazing when you, when you think about it because, mm. I mean, uh, I mean, I, I haven't supervised any of these firefighting f- fence things yet. Mm. But, you know, each time you think about it, you think of new stuff to think about. Yeah. I think that that's half of it is the what you're thinking about and you know there's a difference between i'm thinking about all the stuff that can happen and right i need to do some thermal analysis yeah. right, uh, what's thermo i need to do some fluids uh right i guess airflow is going to be on it that is the kind of the wrong way of doing it um you, Ma- maybe maybe one one smart student is gonna think maybe i should just look at my timetable and that's what i should do for design is like okay let me do some maths because first thing on a monday is maths followed by mechatronics let me do some mechatronics you know and, and actually do it and you could probably do that you know because in some ways if you throw enough randomness into a system it, it ends up being fine yeah <laughs> i mean not necessarily a bad procedure just you get, you get to Tuesday morning and cry because oh, I've got a factory in business <laughs> management. Oh. I was just going to say, I'm just going to skip business management, so I'm going to skip it in my design as well. Who cares but how much this costs? Yes. But obviously, that's not a condone action.